0: This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church. Stay tuned and find us online at nagsheadchurch.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nags Head Church. God, we just, uh, we're here for you, God. Just ready our hearts, Lord, whatever we brought into uh, this time of worship, let's push it out and just be uh, guided by your Holy Spirit at this time, moving us, Lord. We are your child. What an awesome thing to be able to sing, that you have a place for us, that you have not forsaken us no matter what we do. You're always for us, and we thank you for that, God. As we wrap up this series, Lord, as we're t- talking about imitating you, what a task. God, but it's possible through your Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. How's everyone doing? It's my turn to speak. Some of you guys are really excited about that. The majority of you are not. That's okay. That's cool. I mostly talk to students because I'm the student pastor. So like everything I usually teach is more geared towards teenagers. So I was thinking about as we were singing, which is kind of bad because I wasn't focusing on the words that we were worshiping. So I kind of failed at that point. But that's okay, because God is a God of grace, right? I was thinking how funny it was that, how I have to kind of transition when I speak to adults. Because just last Sunday night, I had a box of kitty litter up here. You know, and I was trying to tell the students about, you know, sometimes you just can't judge by what you see on the outside. You know, and I took some of what was in there and I put it in my mouth, because I watched this YouTube video about that it's, if you had to survive, you could eat some of that to, to survive. But what they didn't know, that it was just grape nut cereal and some, and some Tootsie Rolls that I had put in there. So I'm not going to do that for you guys. We're going to keep it more adult. Is that cool? Can we do that? All right. With that, you probably have already guessed that, yes, I'm probably the youngest pastor of all of our pastors. You can tell by the hairstyle, the style, everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the young guy. I don't have as much gray, so... I'm going to try and give you as much wisdom as I got, okay? And hopefully it'll all just come from the Holy Spirit because without him, I'm nothing. So Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, that's where we're going to be. I'm wrapping up, raising the bar, which I'm excited. This was kind of a a tough message to kind of put together because it's so challenging, Um, especially for me, it was really challenging. And it says this, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now let's think back. Okay, I'm going to have you guys close your eyes. Some of you, this is going to be really easy. For some, you got to really dig back in the memory bank. Okay? All right, let's close our eyes. Let's think back to elementary school. All right? I've already lost half of you there. All right? (laughs) Elementary school. We're in elementary school. Do you remember that annoying kid who would just repeat everything that you said. He would act like you, he would just repeat everything you said, leave me alone, leave me alone. Stop it, stop it, you know, that kid, right? And some of you are thinking, that was me, Ramon. I was that annoying kid. And it is, it's super annoying. You can open your eyes now, all right? And so you would ask this annoying kid, you don't have to fill in the, the blank of the name unless that's you, all right? And you would ask this kid and say, can you please stop? stop copying me. And he would say, can you please stop? Stop copying me. And then the vicious cycle just begins over and over again, right? It's like it doesn't ever stop. And all you wanted to do was just punch him in the face, but you had to restrain yourself from doing that. And yes, it can be bothersome sometimes when somebody imitates you in that way, copies you in that way, way. but it can also be a joy. It can be kind of flattering in a way. Here's a picture of my son, Ramon. Look at him. What a little cutie. He gets the looks from his mom, by the way. She's sitting right up here. I only gave him my skin tone, but he's, really, he's, a, he's a really good looking boy, um, which, by the way, she got her looks, I think, from her dad, so a little, bit of, a little bit of brownie points while I'm up on stage while I can. Now, he loves his dad. He loves me. And, and Rachel would say, yeah, I mean, he likes to do everything that dad does. There's another picture of us where we're uh, in costume, and we're the Mario brothers. <laughs> we actually won this costume contest. It was great. I don't even remember where it was. Somewhere in Nag said. I think we were, in, I, I don't know what it was, some festival that we went to as a family, and there was a costume co- contest. So I told uh, my son, Little Ramon, I was like, man, let's, let's dress up as Mario and Luigi. We got this. I said, everybody loves a father-son duo. We can't lose. And we didn't. We got first place. It was great. Now, if you spent any time with me, looking at that picture, if you spent any time with me and you know me, you know that I'm a pretty hardcore gamer, all right? And I'm talking about video games. I'm going to bring it kind of teen level right now, but that's okay. We can all keep up. Everybody's played. Come on. Atari people, let's let's give it up. Okay. All right. Y'all know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Pac-Man? Okay. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Pong. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Turn the little dial. i played Pong. Y'all don't think I know anything about Pong, but I do. I'm very bad at it. So I've been I've been into video games since I was five years old, and I think my dad bought my uh, Nintendo for me. I think just to keep me busy, maybe to help me learn English, because I'm, I'm from Nicaragua. So we I came here when I was five years old. Didn't know any English. I learned it from watching TV playing video games, and going to school and hearing other kids talk. That's how I learned English. So if I say something that sounds really weird, it's my second language. It's just like, ease up. Give me a little bit of grace. Is that cool? Just give me some grace on it a little bit. So I got my first Nintendo, and I just I fell in love with it. You know, I was the kind of kid who acted like the characters that I was playing in the game. I, I remember this, my first game I ever beat. It was called Ninja Gaiden 2. I put on a, a ninja mask, even in the hot of the summer, I'd be wearing this mask, you know, and it was a winter mask. And I would wear it, and I'd be playing the game, and my parents would have friends over, and they, you know, they'd walk in the house and see this kid on his knees playing this game with his ninja mask on. They were, you know, so they are like, what is, what's wrong with your son? <laughs> oh, he's just playing his game. He's a ninja. You know, that's how little kids do. And so this, this kind of you know, gaming kind of set a firestorm within me. Here I am now, 35 years later. Yes, I'm 35. For Some of you who thought I was younger. Praise God for you. Um, appreciate that. I've been collecting a lot of video game systems over time, much to my wife's regret. Um, I have a lot of games and a lot of video game systems. I probably, you know, I don't have enough room for them. And so uh, I have a lot of old stuff, which is really cool, and, and, I, and I really enjoy that stuff. If you've ever seen me out in the... Here's how bad it is. If you've ever seen me out in the wild, all right, outside this building, just roaming the streets... Um, You'll see that I got some kind of video game hat on, some kind of shirt. I even got socks with Mario Brothers on it, you know, or Sonic the Hedgehog, you know. I, I, and I don't even get paid by the companies. I just wear the stuff. I don't have no, I get no rights, which is kind of a bummer. But that's kind of, that's kind of my, um, my style, besides what I wear on Sunday so that I look kind of hip in a way. And so. All that to say, you know, my son's kind of going down the same path. I began teaching him about video games when he was five, and I was excited when he got to the age five. Five was like a big milestone for me because I was like, son, I will pass down this knowledge of greatness to you so that you may go forth and do what you want with it. And uh, so he, he started playing video games about five years old. He's eight years old now, and he built quite a reputation for himself. Check out this video. That's a Mario Kart tournament. And that was my son's first competition that he ever played in. This is a big competition. This was 22, 25 competitors. He was the youngest one by far, seven years old. This is just a year ago, and the, and most of the other competitors were old guys like me. You know, if you know anything about a Mario Kart game, it's been out since the 90s. So it's an old game. They've been remaking them. You know, we're we're up to eight now, uh, and so. He he beat all these old guys, and, and it was great. For me, you know, I'm like, a, I'm like a proud dad now. You know, I'm out peacocking, got my feathers up, you know. You know, guys are coming up to me, man, I've been playing this game for 20 years, and your son made, it, made me look like I just picked it up. You know, I mean, he stomped me. And so I was like, yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> That's my son. Now, he ended up placing third in his first competition. He would later go on to win first place. Here's a picture of his uh, first-place victory right there. He's even got the victory going on right there. And he won that. And man, it was it was just amazing. He completely stomped the competition. He beat his dad out of the tournament, um, which is cool for me, you know, to be like, all right, son, I, I have no, you are the teacher now. You know, you have surpassed my skill. And uh, so it was really proud. And I think all, all of us can agree Especially dads with your with your sons, you know, or or even moms, you know, just with your kids or your daughter. It's awesome when your kids take an interest on your hobbies or your passions and that kind of thing. You know, it makes you feel good that they're kind of copying your things, whether it's a video game thing like that or uh, they're into football just like you were. They're going to the same college that you went to. Um, You know, it's awesome stuff like that. It just it it makes you um, very proud and and uh, it makes you just it's one of the joys of parenting. And so, but to kind of think about it, you know, the imitation part, here's where the difficult thing really happens. It's difficult now for me when we think about imitating God, how hard it can be, you know, because imitating God can be a a really tough thing for a lot of us. Um, It's a lifelong struggle for us uh, believers. Why? Why is it? Because imitating the world is so much easier, right? Right imitating the world, that don't that don't cost any sacrifice. You just do what everybody else does. You talk like everybody else talks. You believe that what everybody else believes. And guess what? You're in the majority. Who doesn't want to be in the majority? You ever felt remember like being that kid that got left out? I was that kid. Alright, I'll be the only one that raised my hand. That's that's okay. I, you know, you, you feel like you're you're left out when you're not part of a group. And so when you're just following what the world is doing, Easy. I can do that. Uh, I just do what everybody else is doing. That doesn't cost anything for me. Um, it's not that hard. But we're not called to be that way, are we? We're not called to imitate the world. We're called to imitate Jesus. You know, that's, that's where God is raising the bar there. Um, and it's, it can be tough. Decreasing ourselves while increasing Jesus within us so that what comes out of us is Jesus. Is that simple enough? You know, we we got to let go of ourselves, our desires. Uh, Romans 13, 14 talks about that. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plans to satisfy the flesh. Don't satisfy the fleshly desires. It's a thing that we do every day, you know, putting on Jesus, almost like a coat, you know, uh, like your shirt. And make no plans to satisfy the fleshly desires. We uh, put on his love, putting on his words, his actions, Those type of things. Not my love, uh, which can oftentimes be very mistranslated. Um, It can be very shallow. I love video games. That is not on the same level as how much God loves me, right? We kind of throw that word around a lot. Um, It's a very poor translation sometimes when it comes from our human mouths. Uh, And sometimes uh, my words, you know, sometimes they don't come out as Jesus would say them, but they're my words from my desires, and it can be very hurtful. Am I right? When, when, when the flesh takes over, our words can be very hurtful uh, to people. My actions can sometimes lead to dire consequences, not just for me, but the people around me uh, that are watching, that are listening. But we cannot be imitators if we don't know who we are imitating. Am I right? You can't be an imitator of somebody if you don't even know who they are. It's kind of like when you're teaching a parrot. Anybody ever own a parrot? My aunt had one. Oh, yeah, there we go. My aunt had a parrot. I used to love hanging out with that parrot. And it spoke Spanish. It was the craziest thing in the world. You know, it was awesome, because I would talk to it in Spanish. I would ask it to bark like a dog and meow like a cat and do the wolf and all this kind of stuff. The parrot was smart. It was crazy. It was a great imitator of, uh, you know, whatever I was telling it to do. Um, so, to begin with, uh, we cannot be imitators if we don't know who we're imitating, but... In order to imitate God, we must first become His beloved. just like that verse says in Ephesians 5:1 it says, "Be imitators of God, as beloved children." very important, that verse right there, that little piece, beloved children." Now what I'm about to say uh, may make some of you upset, but it's truth, and it's not me, don't get mad at me. all right I'm just a messenger. All right This is what God is saying, okay? Not everybody in this room, maybe I don't know your heart. But not everybody is a child of God. Let that sink in a little bit. Let the anger just kind of leave too, from what I just said. You know, let, let the Holy Spirit right, help you to understand that. Not everybody is a child of God. John chapter 1, 12 and 13 says this, "But to all who did receive him, talk about Jesus here, He gave them the right to be children of God. The, the, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Now, does that sound like something that you got on your own? Something that you were just born into? Because some people just think just, you're just born into Christianity. You're just born into this uh, faith, which, which you're not. Um, you have to receive him. It's all, it's all dependent on, on Jesus. It's all dependent on our faith. It reminds me of the story of Nicodemus. All right, everybody knows this is a great Bible story, Nicodemus, Jewish leader, very prominent, man knew his Old Testament front and back. All right, he, he had it all, uh, he had it all going for him. He practiced all the Jewish uh, religion rituals, you know, he had it all good. And he was talking with Jesus because he was curious about this new birth. He was curious about this getting to heaven kind of thing. So he spoke with Jesus about it. He says, Jesus, what, what do I got to do here? I'm doing all these things. What do I have to do? And here's what Jesus said, very profound. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus was like, I don't understand what you just said. How am I supposed to crawl back up and mom and then be born again? You know, if I could say it that way, because that's what he said. He's like, how can I enter into my mother's womb and come back out? And, and how can I do that? And Jesus you like, you're, you're thinking surface, buddy. You know, you're, you're thinking way too shallow here. But to be a child of God, to belong to him, we first need to receive him, believing in Jesus, believing in what he's done for us. Now, this requires uh, no work from you, because if it does, then, we've, then we got it all wrong. You see, Jesus died on the cross for the world, right? John 3, 16, everybody knows that verse, right? He willingly did that. He took upon the sins of the world, Um, When we didn't even know him, because we weren't born yet, he took the sins of the world all upon himself, was nailed to the cross, uh, died a criminal's death, even though he wasn't, uh, he didn't commit a single crime. In fact, they had to make it up, right? They had to make it up. And he died for you and me. Uh, It's awesome. Receiving him, believing in him. That's what makes you a child of God. It's that simple faith. And He resurrected three days later, proving that the payment was satisfied. You see, Jesus took the wrath of God away from us when we can't do it ourselves. He took that place for us. Now, there's nobody in the world that can do that for us. Only Jesus did. Um, That's the gospel. That's the good news that God loved us so much that he did send Jesus for us. He died for us. That's the grace man that's what's called second birth that moment where you believe and you begin this you begin your eternal life right then and there that is your new birth and it's only possible because of what God did not what man can do all right we are adopted into the family of God and that's what nicodemus had trouble understanding because he was counting on his religion but here's the here's the facts religion even theologically correct religion is not enough to get a person into heaven it's not enough You can try all you want. Now, I love my kids with all my heart. I really do. I love my son. I love my daughter, my soon-to-be other son who's on the way. He'll be here in November. I love my kids, Um, my wife. I love them. But I can't get them into heaven. I can't do it for them. I can teach them about Jesus. I can lead them down the right path. But in the end, it's, it's, it's them that has to decide if, if they will receive Jesus or not, uh, hopefully they will. Uh, praise God, my daughter has already. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. And so we're, I can't do that for them. And that really shows that our Heavenly Father loves them so much more than I could ever love them. Now, I love my kids. You know, everybody would agree who has children, um, grandchildren. You love your kids, but you can't give them that. You can't give them what Jesus has already done. I can't supply eternal life for them. 1 John 4. Verses 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. So what he says says it right out. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Because Jesus died when we hated him. Jesus died before we ever had knowledge of him. Jesus died before somebody ever shared him with us. And for many of us, we didn't come to know Jesus till later on in life like myself. And so before then, Jesus was just a joke to me. He wasn't real um, until the Holy Spirit re- revealed him to me. Um, and it's just amazing, right? But he did that. Now, in order for us to imitate God, along with us knowing how to become a child of God, but now if we're gonna begin imitating him, we need to know him and his ways, am I right? Right? We need to know him and his ways because that's part of the imitation of all this. We need to understand how this is important. We need to understand how he has revealed himself to us through his word. All right. And we need to quit letting culture decide who God is. All right. Because culture has a different picture of who God is. Um, let's let God speak for himself through his word. He's already told us who he is. All right. So we don't have to question that at all. Now, you sometimes will hear people say something like this. Well, my God is a God of love, not a God of judgment. All right? And that's kind of a true statement. But you know what the underlying message of that is? If you, if you really think about and break down that, that phrase, that my God is a God of love, not a God of judgment, the underlying message is there, God tolerates sin. God tolerates my sin. He's cool with it. That's what When you hear that, that's what somebody's saying. Um, you know, they, they got a very kind of confused image of who God is. Now, yes, uh, the Bible does tell us that God is love. We can, you can read that in, in 1 John chapter 4. Yes, he is love. All right? He's the ultimate expression of love. But God is also holy. All right, And because he's holy, he disciplines his children so that we strive towards holiness. Nobody likes to be disciplined. All right, My kids don't like to be disciplined. The best, the best manner I discipline my son when he messes up, man, I'm going to take away your Nintendo Switch. He's Man, he straightens up quick, you know? I mean, that's the best way um, to discipline my son. He doesn't like it, but um, I want him to strive towards something better. And so does God. Hebrews 12.10 says this, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. Right? Parents, man, we we try to raise up our kids. We try and discipline them just with the best knowledge that we know how. Sometimes we take a little bit from what our parents taught us and kind of bring that over into it. Our children, sometimes you hear other methods and you try that, sometimes you just invent your own way of discipline, and it works, and that's cool you know i and and this is not on here, but I was thinking about this. How important it is that we properly discipline our children because just like I am taking things that I learned from my mom and dad, our kids are watching how we discipline them, and guess what they're going to use those same kind of methods when they have children. if you don't discipline them. They're not going to carry any any methods at all. Just, it's just going to be chaos, maybe. But uh, it's a good testament to be able to kind of take what you've learned and, and try it on them, and if it works, then they'll be like, man, when I have kids, I remember when my mom used to take, or my dad and my mom used to take away my Nintendo Switch. I'm going to do that to my kid, too. You know, that kind of thing. Now, We discipline our children because we don't want them to later in life make poor choices, right? Isn't that why we discipline our kids? It's not a joy. I don't like spanking my kids. I don't like uh, taking things away from them when they're bad. But I want my kids to do well in life. I want them to be able to make correct choices. Uh, I want my kids to be able to to contribute to society in a positive manner. Am I right? Um, We set these kind of boundaries and and parameters so that our kids will be successful. That's what we want you know, ultimately parents. We want our kids to do well. We don't want them to do bad at all. And the same thing with us when we think about our Heavenly Father. If we continue in our sin, God's going to discipline us. Um, just like a loving dad does. Again, some people get really turned off when they hear the the two words, God disciplines. Some of you are already like, I'm turning you off. Don't turn me off. Don't you discipline your kids because you want them to do well? Weren't you disciplined so that you could... Turn from what you were doing so you could do some, you know, go down a better path. That's exactly why God does those kind of things. He wants us to turn back to him. He wants us to be more like him in imitation, right? What we just, what did we just talk about in Ephesians 5? To be imitators of God, beloved children, those who belong to him. Uh, imitate him. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. But now you must be holy in everything you do. That's a tall order. Do just as God who chose you. Is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. God wants us. Here's what it comes down to. He wants us to be the very best representation of Jesus that we can be. The very best representation of Jesus. Why? Uh, not just for our sake, but there's people watching. Uh, there's people listening. Uh, some people will never step in this church building or any church building. At all, but they're, they're going to see Jesus through you, right? You might be the only Jesus that they ever see, uh, because they'll 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 never come into a building like this, um, because simply it's because it's a church, uh, and we're not called to just stay in here. By the way, you know, yeah, we come together and, and worship, that's awesome, you know, praise the God. But but Jesus called us to go out, and and be a proper representation of Him. Now, earlier I said for us to imitate God, we need to know him and his ways, all right? You need to belong to him, become a child of him. Uh, but this is an impossible thing for us to do, to know his ways, to follow them uh, without spending any time with him, right? Can't do it if you're not spending any time with God. How can you know God? Uh, it just doesn't, just doesn't pop like that. I wish it did. I wish I was like, man, God, I, uh, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in what you've done uh, for me on the cross. And all of a sudden, Boom! Man, I can do it all. That's just not true because we live in this world and, and we struggle in this world, you know? Um, it, life can be tough sometimes. But it's impossible to imitate God without spending time in prayer, without spending time in the word, without spending time with his people. That's why it's so important to stay connected uh, with people that uh, believe just like you do, you know, in a connection group or, uh, or, you know, or being here on Sunday mornings, you know, serving together, that kind of thing. Now, my son, he acts a lot like me a lot of the time. He's picked up my good habits, you know, and he's also picked up my bad habits, you know, um, some I won't share. I was thinking about, it, I'm not going to share. I think, dad, you can think about some of the bad habits that mom doesn't really like, and you can use your imagination, um, but that's my son, you know, and children will always pick up on the mannerisms of their parents, am I right? For the most part, they will. They'll, they'll kind of do what you do. For the longest time, my son called everybody bro, you know, because that's how I would refer to people. I didn't refer to ladies like that, but my son just thought it was a catch-all, you know. And even to me, I'd be like, all right, I was like, son, we got to go, and, uh, you know, we got to hurry up and get ready. We got to go to this tournament. And he said, bro, I'm coming. I'm getting myself. And I'm like, I'm dad. And he's like, okay, bro, I mean dad, you know. And he started calling mom, bro, and all this stuff. I'm like, you know. Let's ease back a little bit. And so that was my fault. You know, he's, he's just following what dad does. So they will see, uh, here's the important thing when, when our kids are watching us. They're going to see how I relate to other people because your kids are watching, all right? Uh, they're going to see how I speak to other people. They're going to see how I act. They're going to see how I treat their mother. My son's going to see how he needs to treat his wife. My daughter is going to see how a husband needs to be treating her. You know that's, And that's important. Uh, my kids are going to see what my moral standards are. They're going to see uh, how I spend my time with the Lord, how I serve Jesus. Those are the things that they're looking at. Um, and if I don't spend any time with them at all, if I don't spend any time with my kids, how much influence do I really have over them? Not going pick up on any of that stuff. If I didn't spend any time with my son, he wouldn't. I wouldn't be showing videos of him. You know, uh, we'd have nothing in common, kind of deal. He wouldn't be calling people bro left and right. You know, those kind of things. And David, King David in the, in the Old Testament, man, he loved. He wrote some beautiful things about God. He just loved to talk to God. And one of the things he wrote was in Psalm 25, verse 4 to 5. He says, uh, "Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths." Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long now david 's joy was spending all day with our heavenly Father, and he loved he loved to talk to God, even in the middle of his sin man, and when he got caught doing what he was doing, and we all know the story about Bathsheba and then you know to go and murder um, or at least conspire to uh He loved to just, he knew that I need to go to God, I need to talk to God. Now, if we had that same attitude that David has, if we woke up in the morning, uh, and you know, I'm guilty of this too, and not doing it, and we just said, Lord, teach me your paths. Lord, guide me in everything that uh, you want me to do. Teach me your truth, and and, and, uh, I wait for you all day long. Man, I don't know if I don't know if I ever sat that long and just, and just cried out to God and said, God, just, I just wait for you all day long. I can't wait to hang out with you today and see what you got for me. Man, how much would our families change? Our neighborhoods, uh, the Outer Banks, the world? Man, if we had that same kind of attitude, uh, David really just enjoyed uh, this constant deepening relationship that only comes through spending time with God, speaking to him, Reading about his love for us. That's why David was able to do it. He spent time with God. If you really want God to change you, and I want God to change me all the time, if you really want God to change you, then begin to imitate him by learning to love what he loves, what he's passionate about. Oh. And guess what? That all takes time. There's no shortcuts in a relationship. Am I right? What, what, he she uh he was a person who has a best friend here. they didn't become a best friend overnight. You spent time husbands and wives when you probably first met each other, you were like, mm, I ain't marrying that guy you know he, there's something weird about him, you know or you know or guys, that woman crazy, I'm not gonna marry her, but you did later on, you know because you spend time with each other and you learn to build on this relationship you learn to uh see your your likes and your dislikes and you just you, and then after a while you're like, "Man, I can't spend 5 seconds without her." She's crazy, but I love her. You know? All he does is play video games, but I love him. Kind of deal. Um am I right, Rachel? No answer. Okay. I mean, that's why that's why uh that's why our love is is uh centered on Jesus. We're together because of the Lord and the Lord only. I'll tell you that. I love my wife. She loves me too. Um, there's no shortcuts. If you really want to know God and his heart, give him, and this and this. and we all possess this, give him your most prized possession, your time. Because that's what made your friendships increase, time. That's what made your marriage what it is, time. Man, give give God your most prized possession, time, because we don't have a whole lot of time in the day, do we? Twenty four hours just doesn't seem enough, because half of that we got to sleep, and if we don't, then we just go crazy, right? We need to sleep. So and you know, and then it's like, oh, I wish the days were forty eight hours. I don't, but then even then, it probably wouldn't be enough time. Man, we need to give God uh, our most prized possession. Finally, if we truly want to imitate God, then we need to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Now, biblical love. Biblical love is way different than the love that we kind of throw around. Like I love pizza, you know, or I love cheeseburgers. It's not on the same kind of deal. Biblical love is not this feel-good emotion about someone, um, you know, because they love you the same way. It's not that. Uh, It's divine love. It's unconditional it depends entirely on the one who loves, not on the basis of attractiveness, not on the basis of the, the response of that, the one receiving that love. Because uh, Jesus didn't die because he knew that it would just, man, it would make me feel so good to die for these people. He didn't die for that reason. And he didn't die because we deserved it, because we don't deserve it. Man, I, the truth is, we should be separated from God forever. You know? God shouldn't do anything for us, which I know sounds kind of weird when you hear that, but it's the truth. God didn't have to do anything for us, but he loved so much that he made the one and only way to do that, and that is through Jesus. Romans 5, 8, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and that's awesome, and we sang about that earlier, you know? That's awesome that even in the middle of our sin, Jesus died for us. And even when we continue in our sin, God doesn't just forsake us. He doesn't say, you don't belong to me anymore because we can't lose that. We cannot be snatched out of his arms no matter what we do. God continues to love us as believers even though we sin and fall short of his glory. Praise God for that because you know that happens in my life. I'm not perfect. Just because I'm standing up here um, Bringing the word of God to you doesn't mean I live a perfect life. That's impossible. I mess up too. Ask my wife. He loves us when we forget him. When we disobey him and we deny him. When we fail to return his love, God still loves us. He even loves those who hate him. He was crucified by people who hated him. Am I right? And he still died for them. It's this type of love that we are to imitate. And for most of you, you're already thinking, that's an impossible task. Uh, Ramon, I don't know if I can do that. How can I love somebody who doesn't love me back? How can I love somebody who's denied me, love somebody who's hurt me, love somebody who's said some really nasty things about me and who's done some things to me I don't think I could ever forgive them? Some hurtful things that they've done to me in my life. But the truth is, isn't that what God did for us? We call upon the name of Jesus for salvation. And he just wipes our sin away. You don't ask questions. God don't say, well, no, there was that time where you really hated me. You know, I mean, you even said one time I wasn't even real. God doesn't question that. You know That's, again, culture, by the way, defining God. God says, I just love you. I, you were still sinners, and I still died for you. The truth is we cannot imitate this type of love on our own. Um, but yes, it is possible for us to do it. It is possible for us to love, to, to, to look at love that way for people through his Holy Spirit. And that's the only way we can do that. Because of our own will, it's impossible to do that. That's where God has raised the bar, really. We're able through his Holy Spirit to look at people in a different way. We look at them as God sees them, a created image of him. That's the only way we should be looking at people, by the way. We don't look at them any different. We just say, that person right there that's really mean to me, I know that sounds countercultural, but isn't that what Jesus was? He was countercultural in his time, you know, and he calls us to live the same way. To just look at that person and say, man, that person wasn't very nice to me at all. But they are created in the image of God, just like me. They may not know Jesus, um, so they don't really know, they don't know what they're doing. But I need to love them as Jesus did. That's what God did for us. Let's not make the mistake. This is where we get into trouble, Christians. Let's not make the mistake of simply loving to get a response back. All right? Um, that's, that's not what God is looking for. Jesus died simply to bring praise and glory to the Father. That's it. Yes, he died because he loved us, but he did it out of obedience. And God is asking for us to do the same thing, just love simply to bring glory back to me. Don't expect anything back because Jesus gave it all and got nothing back. He got heckled, he got whipped, he got nailed. People took his clothing and were casting lots for him. Now, I showed you a bunch of pictures of my son and showed you a video. It's kind of like my son's highlight reel. Again, super proud dad uh, of what my son has accomplished based on my passions, right? How cool would it be when we're standing before the Lord, we're standing before God, You know, and he's kind of showing us our highlight reel because scripture tells us that we're going to stand before God and everything's going to be thrown into a fire and whatever doesn't burn up, that's what our reward is going to be based on in heaven. Not your salvation. Do not get that confused or else you wouldn't be in heaven standing before him, right? Your salvation is secure the moment you believe in Jesus, but God promises us reward by based on what we did in this life for him. How cool would it be? Just like I showed you my son's, highlight reel god is looking through our highlight reel and he's saying man that person that person that you led to the lord look at that there's a video of you right there you're praying for that person who didn't even know who jesus was but you took time out of your day to pray for him and to share the gospel with them you gave sacrificially out of your finances so that you could send those students on a mission trip that changed their life forever that's awesome. You know, a life with, uh, with, that was passionate about what God is passionate about. A life that loved as he loved, unconditionally. And then the best thing of all, as, you're, as God has done showing you all these things, and he just looks at you, and he says, well done, son. Well done, daughter. My good and faithful servant. Now, if you're here today, And I'm going to challenge you for some things that you can do, kind of our next steps. For you believers that are in here, learn to love in an unconditional manner and don't expect a response back. That's not why we do that. We do it because God has loved us in such a great way that we didn't deserve. Let's love people the same way. Let's really show people who Jesus is by loving them unconditionally. And maybe... Some of you are in here, you have no idea you're, you, that, you, that you weren't a child of God. Or maybe you just never heard the gospel before. And I want you to take that opportunity today to do that. You know, if God is, is pulling at you and saying, man, you're, you're not here by mistake. There's no coincidence. You're here because I brought you here. There's purpose here. You're still alive, aren't you? God has a purpose for your life. Or else you wouldn't be on this earth. So I'm asking you to think about that. Those of you who are maybe questioning, God, uh, I don't know about this, Jesus. Or maybe you're like, maybe you're ready right now. I do believe in Jesus, Ramona. I've I've never actually had a moment to do that, but I'm believing in Jesus right now. I'm believing in what he said, what you said about him. I'm believing that Jesus died for my sin and and that I have eternal life through him. And that I can't do anything to earn my way to heaven because God has already done that for me. And that's through Jesus. I'm going to close this out in, in a prayer. And man, if you have questions or maybe you want to accept Jesus or maybe you already did, man, I would uh, ask you just to, at the end of the service, I'll be down here and we'll have some other pastors up here. Just come talk to us. Or you can maybe write it on one of the connect cards and say, I trusted in Jesus today. Or simply, I just got questions and we'd be happy to talk to you about it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this uh, time together and for your love and your grace, Lord. And we just pray as uh, we leave this place, help us to love like you love. Help us to see people as you see them, God, to be a true representation of Jesus. God, we can only do this through your Holy Spirit who has empowered us to do that. We thank you for that, God. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church. Love God, love others, reach the world.